Wen and I want to express our gratitude for every one of our listeners. Thank you for being a part of this podcast and sharing this space with us each week. We are now offering an opportunity to work with Wen or myself individually in a deeper look towards what's true about life and who you really are. If you'd like to know more, email me or Wen for more details. In a three-day dive under the noise, anything is possible. Let's find out. Now on to the podcast. Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts and I'm here with my co-host Wynne Morgan. Hi Wynne. Hi Kate, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Good. How are you? I'm well, albeit I must confess a little tired. I got off a long haul flight uh, about four hours ago. So last night's sleep was on a plane and I've got an eight hour time differential right now. Mm. So I'm okay because I have coffee. <laughs> and I want to be re into my own time zone here in the UK for the next few weeks. So it's good that I'm now reacquainting myself to British time because mm. that'll be very handy for the next few weeks. Well, speaking of flights. What did you have a flight of something? A flight of beer? A flight of. <laughs> I heard of somebody had a flight of margaritas recently. Ooh, how fun. Well, yeah, I don't know, you know, what they were able to do after a flight of margaritas other than fall. Well, luckily, flights are typically very, um, very small. <laughs> small batches. It's not a flight of full margaritas. <laughs> oh, and somewhere else, unbeknown to me now, there's a flight of mimosas mm. for brunch on a Sunday. That sounds wonderful. Um, cafe, I know. Yeah, it's just like, what? Brunch? Yeah. Oh, they don't do mimosas for brunch in the UK? Uh, well, if they do, it's not for a flight of them. That's for sure. No. Well, here it's called Buck's Fizz, and it's slightly different. It's champagne with orange juice. It's called what? Buck's Fizz. Buck's Fizz. Champagne and orange juice. Hmm. Yeah. They were also a pop band here <laughs> that formed in 1981. Like and, and, and they won the Eurovision Song Contest in April 1981. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're and so full of knowledge. I know. And here's something else I'll confess. <laughs> As a 10, 11-year-old boy, I really liked them. I Not believe- the drink, the group. I believe it. That was one thing I had to keep secret because it was so uncool for a boy to like them, but I thought they were great. Yeah, I believe that too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but address, flights. speaking of your flight to the U.S., I figured that would be a good intro to talk about our retreat. Yes. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going. <laughs> 
So I'll be on a flight to the US again in April. Yeah. Where am I going, Kate? <laughs> You're coming to Florida when? I'm coming to Florida. Why, oh, Kate? Are for our Under the Noise retreat. That's right. Yeah. Hosted at my home. Super beautiful on the Braden River. Our dates are, speaking of, looking at our dates, are the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd of April. So that's a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. And we'll start in mid-afternoon that Friday, and we'll go through until the afternoon of the Sunday. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. So if um, anyone listening is interested in joining us for our Under the Noise retreat, it'll be these three days, super beautiful down here in Florida in April, in this tropical paradise that I'm blessed to live in. We'll spend about three days under the noise. It'll be wonderful. Do you want to talk about any of the details of it? Well, other than while it'll be at your home, it's not literally in your living room, lounge, kitchen. Kate has a separate unit that is perfect for this. Yeah. Perfect for this with an amazing view. And in uh, Florida in April, regardless of where you're from and where you live, it would be a wonderful time to be in the spring. So a wonderful place to be in the spring. So we'll be putting out information soon for anybody that would like more details about the retreat, or you could just reach out to Wynn or myself. We'll take you through it. And yeah. we're really looking forward to that. Um, places are limited. It's a small group retreat just for you listening to know. Um, so, uh, you know, inquire quickly because um, well, I'm expecting split places to go very quickly. Yeah. And now we're talking about it. So it'll be a small group retreat, no more than eight people. And we've already sold a few. So if you are interested, please reach out. It's spectacular. Mm. Yeah. And you get to witness Kate and I meeting in person for the very first time. <laughs> How fun, when I know. Isn't that fun? Yeah. We might not get along. You think? <laughs> no, I don't. But wouldn't it be funny? <laughs> so. <laughs> so when for today's show, you were telling me about some things that you'd seen deeper on a different retreat. And yeah. we might talk about that. that I don't actually know. We haven't gone into any detail, so I'm super excited to hear about it. Well, I hope I don't let you down with how excited you are about it. Um, I counted, this was my ninth retreat with George and Linda Pransky. Mm. So every February, and while that's going to change now, it'll be a different time of year because there's no reason for it to be February anymore. Um, for a while, they've done professional training retreats for practitioners with the three principles. Um, and, you know, people come from all over the world and get to hang out for four days in the beautiful Pacific Northwest of the U.S., in the small town of Lacona, Washington. And um, 
it was my ninth consecutive one, although the previous two have been uh, digital only via Zoom because of lockdowns and travel restrictions due to due to COVID. So this was the first in-person one, although half the people were actually coming in via Zoom and half the people were there physically in the room. And it's my favorite event of the year, more than Christmas. I, I ain't kidding. It's my favorite event of the year. And, it, you know, it used to be the second weekend of February and then it was put back a, an extra bit of time you know, an extra, so now it's towards the end of February and it'll be in the fall from now on in late September or early October. And I keep going, not only for the social aspect, not only so I can see George and Linda who have become dear friends of mine as well as continue to be amazing teachers and mentors of mine, as well as the social aspect of all the other people that I get to see either for the first time in a couple of years or the first time in a year when it was more regular or the first time ever for quite a few people. Some people that I'd worked with extensively, I'd never met them. So that was a thrill to meet people in person. The other thing that I also and always love about that is that I come back seeing things clearer. I feel lighter. I settle down more and I have a, to me, I don't know, a a deeper level of certainty of the truth of how we work based upon the discoveries of, of Sydney Banks. And so here we are in 2023 and it's 50 years since Sydney Banks had his enlightenment experience and was the genesis of the three principles based upon what he saw. A very ordinary man had an enlightenment experience and then in discussion with other people has absolutely started to change human beings. So working, work with psychiatrists and psychologists, work with um, people in the uh, prison system, people in war zones, gangs, businesses and one-to-ones, and that's where um, I've been led to go. This week... What, what struck me, as well as me settling down and, and feeling more at peace with myself again at another level, which is always so welcome. During one um, a demo, one of the audience members went up to be coached um, by, by Linda Pransky. And as I was you know, settling in and getting ready to, to watch and see whatever magic would unfold or not in that conversation, as the, the coachee, started to talk and open up. In front of my eyes, that person's face changed to become more beautiful. And of course, her face didn't change. But my seeing did. And it was just remarkable to me in real time. It was almost like time slowed down. And as this person was opening up, I could see her beauty as opposed to whatever else I'd made up beforehand about her. I had less of a veil. And it was so interesting to watch. And I had a couple of other really cool insights in that next kind of like 20 minutes while Linda was coaching this person. But that one is so concrete to me. And what I made of it very quickly was, here am I a lot of the time protecting myself, protecting my 
I, I put a veil on me. I put, I, you know, I hide. I'm not open. In so I'm a lot more open than I used to be, absolutely. But I don't. I mean, I thought, well, geez, I could be more open. And given what I've just witnessed in this person, that I saw her more beautiful as she opened up, I went, the best of me is being open. As opposed to what I'd always thought is that the best of me was being credible. The best of me was being clever. The best of me was my facade, as opposed to, no, the best of me is my heart. And having no, a British phrase, no airs or graces about who I am, what I go through and what I might be thinking, that there's nothing that I could have going on in my mind or in my life that is worthy of shame. Nothing. Now, I didn't say it like that when I shared back on um, Saturday when this happened, but it's really true what I've just said. And as a kind of an aside, I remember years ago, probably 10 odd years ago, it could be longer than that, me hearing another coach with a client in a demo, and they, they did this game called what I do not want you to know about me is. And for a while, and, and sometimes I still do, I play that game with a client. If we've got an extended amount of time, I remember a few times, I remember doing this once in Malibu for nine hours with somebody. And we'd go back and forth. What I don't want you to know about me is I have a very weird toenail on my left foot. Oh, really worried about that oh what i don't want you to know about me is i had a cigarette when i was 17 what she's right and it's funny because what that game does is just show everything that we do and everything that we feel and everything that we think is in the human realm as opposed to us one exception out of eight billion because we are that alike we are the same different flavor same thing so anyway oh by the way the other thing to say about that game as well what i don't want you to know about me is i then thought of a sequel which is what i want you to know about you is so what i want you to know about you is this and then it just like just powers up so that's a an exchange of all the best that you see in each other, which is again, beautiful. And to me that, that works even better after that first game of what I don't want you to know about me. So it's all the shameful stuff that is, you know, hidden under the carpet is all of a sudden out and all the skeletons in the cupboards are out and it's like, whoa, geez, this person's not judging me. Or if they are, it doesn't matter. Anyway. So that's my starter, Kate. Pick the bones out of that one, he says, going back to the skeleton metaphor. While you were talking, I had this thought about, um, I read like in one sitting, it was really, you know, it's very short and easy read, but um, I don't know. Have you read Mavis Karn's new book? Not yet. No. Have it with me. You do. Yeah. Um, 
but essentially in the book, it's like these different letters and it's, you know, kind of the simplicity of how we work is what the book is based around, right? And so one of the letters that she's writing is about listening and the deepest type of listening is listening beyond the words Mm. when someone's talking. And she said that she just listens and gets really present until she can, she refers to it, I think is like, um, oh man, I can't remember her exact words, but essentially it's like this kind of golden tie Mm. between the two of them that she can sense where they're connecting in this way that's below below the intellect, below our humanness, like to who we are before, before this form. And she listens from that place. And so the thought that I had was essentially that but that's what occurred to me when you were listening to the woman talking, that her vulnerability allowed that connection for you. Mm-hmm. Like you could hear her yeah, and feel her deeper than, you know, how we typically listen to people and people become more beautiful and we're, we become compassion incarnate. Like that type of listening where it's it's soul to soul listening. It certainly isn't intellect in listening. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I wonder if her willingness to be vulnerable with other people shortcuts that type of connection you know, our openness, our, our willingness to share and to be seen and to see someone else deeper yeah. than what our eyes can see. I wonder if that willingness is a shortcut to that type of connection when you're with someone. Well, that makes sense, given yeah. what I experienced, yeah. You know, it's funny, the word vulnerability I've got some thinking about it. And and here's what I think my thinking is about that one word. A lot of the time when I hear people talk about vulnerabilities, a lot of in, in the business context, in leadership and in managing other people, it's the act of being vulnerable, which is a horrible idea because that's acting vulnerable, which is the antithesis of vulnerable because it's not authentic. This is authentic opening up, a willingness, as you said, a willingness to open up, as opposed to play the game of vulnerability. And I mean, when play the game, inverted commas, is in the political game of vulnerability, and people in organizations sometimes play games, Mm. head games, political games. Yet, without that context that I just described, yeah, I think it's vulnerability. 
and what was also interesting to me as well in 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 listening to this person one of the um one of her concerns was being vulnerable and being open and yet here she was doing it and everyone totally fell in love with her it wasn't just me it's a heck of a lesson and, and i remember it for myself as well back in well over 10 years ago me being um the demo client of a lady called Nancy Klein, that Michael Neal super coach. So this would have been March of 2012. And my relationship with every student in that room, of which I don't know, 75, 80 people in the room, I, I probably knew quite well six before that. And then I knew everyone. Or they all knew me, which meant that it was just... I had rapport and a relationship with every single one of them based upon me opening up. And it's one of those things that, Naz, you and I kind of like mused upon before we started recording today. It's not a new insight, but I see it deeper. And I don't think there's um, an end to the depth of what we can have an insight about, in my opinion. What do you think? I guess what it seems like to me right now is that that I can have certain insights that I know are true. I feel it. I feel the truth of them. But there's also something about when that insight becomes experiential as a human being. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, like it gets into your bones when, when you experience a truth as a human being. Can you share an example of that? <laughs> you knew I was going to ask it, so um, <laughs> let's see if you've got one ready then. <laughs> okay, you have to give me a second. I, All right. I, I was not talking out of my ass on that because I know that to be true, but yeah. I, I didn't really have anything to back that up right away. Let's see. Okay. I'll give you something. And it's super fresh, which is typically, you know, what we love, but sometimes it's still kind of a little raw. So I stay away from it, but over the last few years, especially, maybe even longer than that, like maybe even when I, I came across the principles and, and really started to look in that direction, I noticed that I felt more comfortable with my lows. Mm -hmm. I didn't try. There wasn't anything like, oh, the principles say, uh, you're, you know, your lows are okay. It wasn't, it wasn't like that, but something about that truth and the simplicity of how we experience life. I noticed that there was a, there was a softening, not just around my lows, but other people around me as well. And I, 
started to get a sense that 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 was okay. Whereas before that in my life, the lows did not feel okay. They were unwelcome. Like they were like it was somehow not okay for me to be feeling that way. And like these last few days for no reason at all, there's been this heaviness around life and moving from one thing to the next for no reason. I don't have anything going on. There's nothing to point to. I just felt this heaviness to life. And to be able to be in that, in the middle of it, like knowing it's temporary, knowing I don't need to give it a purpose or a point or a meaning or a, I didn't need to do any of that. I didn't need a story. I didn't need to blame anyone, including myself. I just knew to, if there was something in front of me to do, to just take the next step and do it. And it still felt heavy. I'm not saying it was fixing anything. It wasn't, I didn't need to fix it. But I didn't need to push it away either. I just kind of let it be. And every time I have, and that doesn't happen often, right? That I feel that way, that, that sense of heavy. But every time I'm in that space, and find my way on the other side of it, allowing it to be what it is. That okayness with how life is showing up in that moment gets deeper and deeper into my bones because I experience it. I allow it to be my experience of life. And it becomes more, God, I never thought I'd say this. Like it becomes beautiful too. Like there's a part of me in my my head. I just heard the uh, "Don't do that" because then you'll get it more often. Like it's like a <laughs> I can hear that little voice. Like don't say that. But that's I never thought I'd say that. That feeling was beautiful, but there it is. That is me showing up vulnerable, not perfect, but that is truly my experience of it. And it does get deeper when. Yeah. Well, to me as well, it gets deeper when we do what you just did, which is explore it and then say something that's true that you've never said before in a really lovely, reflective, quiet mind and just to ponder things, then it's possible to get a fresh, deeper insight in your bones. I think some of these conversations go in such unexpected directions from where we start. and I think it's awesome that we do that. Thank you. Thank you, Wayne. 
You've been listening to this week's episode of Under the Noise with Kate Roberts and me, Wynn Morgan. If you have any comments or questions about what you've uh, heard today, then please let us know. And if you've got any topics that you'd like us to explore in the future or that you'd love to come on as a guest, then again, please let us know. And topically, um, regarding the retreat coming up in April, if you'd like to, to book one of the places or maybe a few if you want to bring a loved one along or a friend or a colleague or a family member who probably always will be loved ones too <laughs> and uh, let us know and uh, we'll hope to see you in person soon have a great week thanks for joining us we'd love for you to subscribe rate and review if you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about email win or kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at kateroberts.coaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.